Welcome to the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is the uh, Williams and Bloom Quarantine Sunday Night Podcast. As we're taking it to a whole new level tonight, uh, sitting on the floor, literally, in Bloom's basement because my house still doesn't have internet from the derecho. And uh, Bloom, believe it or not, Bloom lives like five houses down and does have internet. But we're yeah. just thankful to have power and have homes. Um, so, but we're we're literally sitting here on the floor in his basement doing well, tonight's well, podcast. The, the problem is we have other power and rooms for working from home, and those are taken. And so, <laughs> thus we're in the basement as my dog they get decides to jump in as well. Hey, this is just the beauty of the quarantine podcast. Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't end. It's a total shit show. <laughs> Sorry, dropping a. <laughs> I don't. I don't think That's the folks. 2020. At, I don't think the folks at MacDine care. They are the presenting not. sponsor of the podcast, though. We thank our friends in MacDine, uh, and our thoughts go out with everybody, not only in the community of Marshalltown. They got hammered again. Yeah. God, Marshalltown just can't catch a break. Anytime there's a storm, they get hammered. Um, and that that's where Mechdyne Corporation is headquartered. And uh, spent a lot more time with your mug this week than I was wanting to. <laughs> Sitting outside. Nothing else to do. <laughs> you came over, what was that? Tuesday? Yeah, something like that. I don't Your know. Your wife was working and you were... You were about as as wit's end as as Chris Williams can get. You you literally rolled up on my house without a shirt, with a cowboy hat, with both kids. I think one of them was shirtless. Yeah. Um. You had no. The baby was just in a diaper. Right. You yeah. seem to be a couple of drinks in. About eight or nine. Um. And you're just you were just the 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 derecho had won. <laughs> I mean, that, I started. It had, it had won the day. I started drinking pretty early that day. I was so pissed. Um, it 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 wasn't my wife's fault. I wasn't mad at my wife, and I had to explain this to her. She thought I was like mad at her. I was pissed because she had to work. Yeah, which is fine. And they um, had power. Yeah, and they had power at the vet clinic. But oftentimes, like because oh, you work from home. I like turns into it turns into like, well, you can figure it out. Like you have a more flex, which is fine. I do have a little more flexibility. I do understand that, but it just happened to be the, the biggest story in potentially college football history was breaking that day. I didn't have power. I didn't have internet. Our house was like 90 degrees. I couldn't get my kid to sleep. Um, so I was like, I, I do, and I barely had cell service. That was the problem. Like I couldn't even check Twitter. I was in the stone ages. And I was like, screw it. And I started drinking Jack and Coke at like noon. And um, here we are. And yet somehow you still kind of broke some news that night. <laughs> it did. Well, which is just like 2020 to a T. I did. Yeah. No, it's uh well. But hey. You know why though? The It was dumb luck that I was able to break that news because I was over here and I just left my kids with you guys. Yeah. Because I got a tip from a neighbor that I might have power. So I ran over there and it was the damnedest thing. Like my phone kicks on because we had internet, which we have power, which gave us internet. And like the internet worked for like 12 hours. Okay. And now it's dead again. And we haven't had it in like three or four days. So like I, you know, there's so many people listening to this who have a lot of, oh, a lot way worse. worse. 
Yeah. I don't want to sound like I'm, including our friends at Mechdyne who sponsored the podcast, they got hammered again. I was just going to ask if that, how yeah. they held up. Yeah, I think they're okay, but man, Marshalltown's a, a mess. But anyways, um, yeah, I hope you guys had a good week. Just add it to me. I, I don't know what else can happen. Um, I thought we'd seen it all, and then literally a Category 2 hurricane decides to just blow through the state. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to know what's next. Well, it's only up from here, right? Just think about the difference in our tone tonight compared to last Sunday. Last Sunday was like a funeral. Yeah. And now, yeah, and then that all mentioning changed. that, my gosh, that it was so weird because all you're right. Like this is a, maybe the largest story college sports has seen. And yet here in the state, we're more worried about, you know, just the immediacy of this horrific storm. It's like, it, it almost strangely, Chris, at least to me, I don't know. I mean, you were a little more into the day to day than I am. It was almost like, oh, yeah, I forgot that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are announcing this while none of us have power or internet or anything. We're kind of stuck in no man's land here. So it was just surreal. It was a, a strange a strange couple of days. And ultimately, I think... Where do we want to start I don't even this? know where you start with it, but it's just it's like this thing changes by the day, and it is a whirlwind. It's a complete whirlwind. It, it, by the day, indeed, as we saw specifically how last week worked out, right? I mean, yeah. like we... It's still changing. We had, you know, it was all over. on, And it was. Like, I, here's the deal. Like, I was pretty down and everything. My reporting was spot on. Um, it all changed. Uh, uh, Iowa State's coaches and administrators went to bed on Saturday and Sunday thinking that everything was done. I think everybody did. Yeah, and then what happened was there was the uh, meeting, the Big 12 meeting on Tuesday, which followed the the Big 10 and ACC's, no, Pac-12's announcement, and um, things changed, you know, and sometimes that can happen when you get 10 institutions in a room together. I think it caught Iowa State off guard, but it wasn't off guard. And, you know, that's the thing about Pollard. Um, he's he's always planning way ahead. So they're ready. I think that it surprised a lot of people in Ames the way that that turned out. I don't necessarily think they were disappointed. Um, but, it, again, like it, it was all but over. And I think Texas and Oklahoma had – pretty loud voices and then i think that everybody else kind of fell in line and said let's let's give this a shot and let's significantly up our testing uh for covid yeah. which they're going to do and then they they i thought the the ekg thing and all right. that was a great step yep and um sensible and we'll see t- you know tonight we're recording brent and the parents from Ohio State, Oklahoma, or Ohio State, Iowa, and Nebraska, Nebraska. and now Penn State, I believe. Yep, is is in on this. Um, they're all writing letters, and here we are. I, what, I th- did, what do you think? So I think it really started to shift on uh, really during our podcast. If you go back and listen to it, where there were a couple of tweets that started popping up of the "We Want to Play" movement. And I think it kind of dawned on some of the administrators like, oh, wait a second. 
Yeah, maybe we should talk maybe to we these. Should talk to the players or the yeah. you know the student athletes here and see what they really think. And it just you got some bi- the biggest names in college football really you know started that thing Lawrence and Fields being the main two, and I think to the administrators like well, all right, maybe let's just give it a little more time. And really, that's what this week was. And now, I think they're still planning on the season as they stated. But rather than have a just, you know, the Big Ten, I bet maybe second-guessing a little bit now. I don't know. I mean, you'd have to ask Kevin Warren, their commissioner. But this now. Boy, he's at a hell of a start. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, brutal. But this at least gets him a little more time. And, you know, if you think about it, sure, ultimately you want to plan for the financials. But I think because everything's changing by the day, and then you saw yesterday that rapid saliva test gets approved by the FDA. Like that could be a big deal for this whole thing. So we just, I mean, it's supposed to start on September 12th for Iowa state at least. So there's still a lot that can be determined, but I think this was the wise move in my opinion to just wait and see some more. Uh, And if your players are bought in and I think majority of them are, then uh, have the protocols in place. The, myocarditis situation scared some people. And I think that was ultimately why the Big Ten made the move now. Same with the Pac-12. But if you have some preventive measures in place for that, that the uh, supposedly the Big 12 has, and I, I assume the SEC and the ACC do as well, maybe that can um, stop that risk as well. And you just kind of catch all these potentials head on before they happen. But yeah, I much feel much better about the season at least this week than I did last week. But this thing is just wild, just wild. Yeah, it, and certainly, indeed, it it's been. I don't want to say the craziest week of my career. I mean, when you add in the derecho and the family stuff, and on top of that, um, I had a great day yesterday. It really was a nice day to get away um, at the governor's charity uh, steer show. Got the show in there, yeah. But so I was out at Earlham a night in the week, um, you know, practicing that, which great family. I met an awesome family and it it was an awesome experience. I really, I had so much fun there on Saturday. I wanted to give them a shout out. Um, The, I don't know if that was a crazier week than realignment. It felt very similar. It felt the same way because you had politics interacting with, um, Money, you know, in in, in yep. this sense, it's getting the game. It wasn't television contracts and stuff, but you know, ESPN's in the conversation with a lot of the stuff that's going on oh, too, sure. and Fox. Yep, um, and you, have been. You have things happening at a president and chancellor level, and not necessarily at a athletic director and coach level. And I, and and I wanted to ask you this too, as as I was thinking about this today, I was reading the letter from the Nebraska parents. Yeah. Um, because I think I found where I land on this and it, it's somewhere in the middle, which is usually where I feel like I end up, but like, should it matter what the players think? Right. I thought the same thing. Like, and I would normally say, no, like we need to save. sometimes you need to, um, save people from themselves. Right. And you need to think above their emotions and, and all that. But the problem I have with saying that they shouldn't be have much of a say is to me, I mean, we're seeing doctors from all over the place disagree on this. Yep. There's not one Literally source. conference to conference. Yeah. Even. Like there's not one source. And I, I feel like the political nature of this is like, 
I, I mean, this is what I say about CTE stuff. Like, okay, I don't really care what the doctor says. I want to know who's paying them. Yeah. You know, because yeah. the doctor I'd- who's being paid millions by the NFL uh, scientists, uh, you should go back and listen to my podcast with Dr. Urban. Scientists can, they're humans too, right? So like to me, on a normal basis with this, I would say keep the coaches and players out of it because they are going to be biased, right? They obviously want to play. And we should be thinking for their health and safety. But the problem is, like, there's not one source to tell you what is right or wrong here. Exactly. So I think that they should be consulted to a to a point. And you you know you do what the NCAA has done about the scholarships and all that. I think they've done some really good things there. I like where the Big Twelve's at right now. I really do. On on August sixteenth, I I'd much rather be a Big Twelve fan right now than one of the two conferences that called it off. I think it's a fascinating discussion uh, for all of this. I mean, at what point do you make decisions for the public health rather than the individual health? And where's that line? Yeah. Um, Because ultimately these players are adults and they are making the decision to play or not play. That, that, that is part of this. I mean, you saw the young man from Oklahoma today decide to opt out that that's on my notes. Let's just knock that out real quick. Um, Um, But a leading rusher, 2000 yard rush for Oklahoma, Kennedy Brooks decided he's not going to play. Yep. 2,067 yards last year, 18 touchdowns. So that was combined right. for the last two years. Uh, and he is opting out. And I, what's the football aspect of it, too? Yeah. Um, oh, it matters. It, I mean, it, it's a part of it. Yeah. But in, in, for him, like, I think you're going to see guys, and I'm not, I have no idea what maybe Kennedy Brooks has a parent with cancer or something. I don't know. But it makes sense for a running back not to put want to put more – or <laughs> yeah. wear more tread off of those tires, you know? Completely. Like, good for him. Like, use this as an option He's, to – he can go and live in Hollywood and work out with a professional agent for the next – you know, like, a, that's a smart move for that young man. I think the kid from Purdue had a similar deal. Very like, much so. He can't – Rondell Moore can't really help his draft stock any. And I, I think it's totally fine for these guys to use this in their – best interest and I think that's what I again I don't know enough about Kennedy Brooks to know but he seems to me like a fifth sixth round draft pick right now yeah I you know yeah he'll get picked up by somebody somebody. I mean running backs aren't as valued as much it's not going to help him to go and run for a thousand yards this year right in the big 12 it's not going to help him at all other than his personal enjoyment of playing with his teammates absolutely which is a factor no but I think that's this is what's interesting about this whole thing is if you allow these players to make the decision themselves, but then there is that. There obviously is some peer pressure there, right? I mean, I don't know Oklahoma's situation, but I would guess some of his teammates now are disappointed in him that he does this. Probably unfair. I think it is unfair. I mean, the guy should – it's it's a personal choice. So maybe it should be up to an administrator or commissioner to decide for 18- to 22-year-olds what, what they should do, be doing here. Um, but – it's weird that they that from all accounts that the players haven't been consulted throughout this process much, and it's really been at a coach, administrator, commissioner level. Did you hear? Um, and shout out to these guys; they're doing an awesome job. They're gonna have 
they're soon going to be the most popular podcast on our network, Brett Meyer and Todd Blythe. Oh, Have you been listening fantastic. to those guys? Talk so, about a big upgrade compared yeah. to us two hats. Yeah. They did a podcast with a friend of mine, and I know you, you think highly of Coach Mitch Moore Definitely. from Roosevelt, too. Um, they did a pod with him this week, and it was fascinating listening. So Todd is on Coach Moore's staff yeah. at Roosevelt, and like it was shocking to me when Mitch said like he's not even being consulted on like the public schools in Des Moines as yeah. far as how that goes, which is in that conversation that those guys had is kind of what triggered me to, well, wait a minute. Should the coaches be consulted? Should the players be consulted? Coach Moore has a great point on as far as the high school level goes, especially in a district like Roosevelt. Like, man, if these kids don't have football to play for, I'm going to have a hard time getting them to be to class on time, you know, do do that yeah. sort of thing. Yep, um, fair point. Which those guys really uh, got my mind moving when I was listening to that on Friday well, night. It, it honestly, it, it comes more of a um, socio discussion, political discussion yeah. of how much government slash other people's involvement do you want in your own life? I mean, you can make the parallels here between should a Big Ten commissioner decide for everybody uh, uh, to... We're talking about Nebraska right now. Yeah, if Nebraska's right in the middle of it, to, I mean, even something as simple as should um, should there be a drinking age at 21, right? I mean, yeah. at what point is there some overarching authority that decides what's best for you in a country that is founded on... You know, the whole constitution, freedom, liberty, pursuit the, of happiness, all that stuff. The public health thing is where that gets interesting to it, me. Uh, it does, but so if the but if the public health is to protect, and largely right now, it's basically, I, I'm guessing, I don't know this, the fan involvement will be very limited. And there's going to be almost zero way that the players would be able to impact the fans from a COVID standpoint. Correct, yeah. So we're really, the risk now is pretty much contained to the players and the coaching staff in that building. Okay. We, yeah, we can go and, right here. And, and the, then the yeah. students they interact with, I guess. Cause I wanted to talk about this as far as like the photos coming out of Ames this week. Yes. Yes. And I was in Ames this weekend, uh, up at the steer show that was on, on Iowa state's campus. Okay. And I had about a 30 minute break where I go get a bite to eat at about noon. And I ran to, um, come and go out on Mortensen. Okay. And because I wanted to get a couple of Red Bulls for the rest of the day. <laughs> when you're and, showing steer, I mean, better be Red Bulled up. Anyways, um, what I, the, the, apparently there's a deal now. It's uh, a couple of young people told 801, 801 day, day, right? Where they just start getting hammered at like eight in the morning. The young people it, do. It's, it's the first time after recruitment that fraternities and sororities can have basically parties and it's ever since we left i mean this thing okay, really so. started to catch on i guess because from what i've, what I've heard okay. from on campus about 10 years ago. well all i know is uh that that come and go down on out on mortensen was doing some hella good beer sales <laughs> on saturday aware. afternoon <laughs> at about noon yeah and i was like wow I mean, these guys are gonna have a good time and then all those pictures started coming out. So, um, yeah. why do I bring this down? I'm not trying to shame anybody. I'm nope. trying to have a conversation about the Iowa State Cyclones playing football. Got a couple of people pointing out to me these pictures. No, there's no way they're going to play football this fall. I don't know how interconnected it is. And let me ask you this, Brent. You work at the university. I mean, 
I have a feeling these guys are going to be on as much of a bubble as humanly possible for college students. Sure. If it not if when there's a COVID outbreak yep. on campus on every campus that's open this year, it's going to happen. Um, Thank you for acknowledging that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it is. Like I mean, I, I just don't know why anybody would be naive enough to think that. Shut that thing. Nineteen down. to twenty-two year olds are just going to socially distance and. Yeah. We saw this weekend. It's that's, literally their first weekend back. They're getting hammered in groups, like hundreds. Yeah, and jumping off <laughs> roofs. Okay? Yeah. Um, so when this outbreak comes, in my opinion, as long as the football team keeps its numbers low and they're going to be testing three days a week from what we're told, I think they'll push on, right? I agree. I think what comes to that, like where where there's an impact on football, I think it then makes it more difficult to say we're going to allow 50% of Jack Tri Stadium to fill in right. and bring all of these fans to Students. town and mix yeah. them up like in Ames where they can run to Wallabies and get co- – you know yeah. what I mean? Like I do think then you're looking at more of a – not liability. People have the freedom to choose that they want to go. My mom and dad, for instance, long-time season ticket holders, they are going to pass this year. Yep. I and know several people in that yeah, same boat. They are going to pass. And, and I think that's great. Yeah. Because they know at their age group that they shouldn't be taking that risk. That's their personal choice. That's what they're going to do. Um, but I do think like when you're when you're Jamie Pollard and Wendy Winterstein sitting around going, okay, what um, like if – if you're at a place where, like, the campus is just swimming in COVID, like, it's hard for me to socially go, yeah, we can bring 30,000 extra people to town. Agreed. But we're not there yet. We don't uh, know that yet. You don't plan for the worst. You plan for everything. Uh, so, can you poke any holes in what I just said? I think you're dead on, and I think okay. it was really, really smart. And, again, this isn't the Praise Jamie Pollard podcast, but I think he's made really good moves here. That letter he sent on Friday left a lot of open-endedness yeah. for flexibility here. And I think you nailed it, Chris. Depending on what is the COVID situation, Story County will be what moves the needle in regards to fans or no fans or something in between. And that something in between removes, you know, it basically if you read the letter, it puts all the onus on the individual going to the game. It's, it's your risk that you're willing to take. I always say through that letter and the policies they're going to set up here is basically taking themselves out of the equation saying we will have these games. If you come, it's on you. There's no tailgating. There's no other than parking. Like there's mask required everywhere. Like we are removing ourselves from the potential of wrongdoing here. Um, We want our student athletes to be as safe as possible. And to your other point, college football players, I think, student-athletes in general are going to be put in as much of a bubble as they can. I don't know this for a fact, but even Iowa State, even a regular student, still about 50% or more of their classes are going to be online this semester. Now, there will be some in-class, and I think that's a big proponent, a big component of a education is that in-person Especially class. at labs, and like, there's certain things that you just need to right. be there for. I don't know, though, for the f- football players, what that means for them. I would guess there's been enough forethought here to remove as much of the possible interaction with the student body as possible. Now, can you tell uh, 
anybody on that football team, you can't interact with a girlfriend or a friend or, or no, you and, can't. And who you knows can't. what they're out doing? Completely. Like I, there will be there will be cases that that happen, but from I I totally agree with you. I thought about this today, Chris. I don't think this football season will will stop because there's an outbreak on a campus unless it involves a significant outbreak with a actual team within the building. And then also, I even thought about on this aspect, even if let's say there's a big outbreak, everything goes completely online. I don't necessarily think that's the end either. No, I think once you start, I, to me, this feels like I, I thought they're on – Wednesday, Wednesday, they made the announcement, right? Tuesday. That's all. I mean, we were, uh, we were in the middle of Wednesday a was the, Wednesday was the Bullsby press conference. Yeah. Correct. To me, like, I felt like the Big 12 drew a line in the sand that they're going to push forward through hell or high water. It feels like a Major League Baseball thing to me at this point. Um, things could change. All my sources are saying the same thing. Like yeah. things could change. Like absolutely nobody is like one hundred percent. Yeah, right. no. And anybody who tells you they're a hundred percent either way on anything here is full of hooey. However, like I, it it seems to me there's high motivation to get this in. Yeah, and I think so. And I think now with the plans in place, a couple situations here. If there's significant outbreaks on multiple teams in the conference, I think that could be enough to to shut it down. Or if there's a really horrible outcome for... Like somebody dies. Dies or... God forbid. Yeah, significant hospitalization. Then that... Or if this this, uh, myocarditis thing really starts to exponentially, you know, get get out of hand relative to what they think it could be normally with just a, a regular virus, then okay. But if it if it stays status quo like most of professional sports has and again most professional sports are bubbled outside of MLB but I, I think I think you made a great comparison I think this is a lot like the major league baseball season well they will try they will try and press on through this through at least a couple of hiccups now if it becomes overwhelming sure there'll be a quick tr- quicker trigger to stop it than the MLB would have because they are college students college athletes but up until that point I I think so I Chris I agree with you I think the, the things they're putting in place, they're going to push forward up until somebody becomes obvious that they can't anymore. Uh, before we move on, I'm, I'm just going to say this again. We've, we've hit on this a couple of times in the last couple of months. But, man, like I'm just trying to be really careful about not just roasting every decision that's made. Yeah. Like well, th- it, this is really unprecedented impossible. stuff, man. It's you impossible. Know? Like, in, I mean, we – like – what, look at what happened this week in college football. The two leagues that that canceled are getting hammered by their own programs. Nebraska was <laughs> right. wanting to leave. Like, you, you know, parents are uh, by the dozens are writing letters. Like yep. And then you look at the two that are playing and they're heartless and they're, you yeah, know, the they don't. the three. Yeah, the yeah, three, three, excuse me. They don't, you know, they don't care about social. You nailed it. They don't care about health. So my point is, like, let's just be. <laughs> Nobody knows here, and this is hard. This is hard stuff. And, and even if it's, uh, I, I, if you're at a gas station and somebody's having a bad day, try and this is especially in Iowa right now. Like you have no idea who who slept in hundred degrees, yeah. you know, and hasn't had a warm meal in forever. And like it's this sucks. Like this is hard stuff. I I do think you can agree or disagree with the policy. Yeah, but also understand, you know, 
what's the reasoning? Not everybody is a crook and crooked no, and, and I, trying to the the. I, I do think that's been I. I'll say that I think it's been a good thing for the players to speak out. Um, to represent themselves for wanting to play because I think this thing got really out of control with oh these administrators and these coaches are just going to put and risk the lives of their players just so they can make a buck here so that the athletic departments go, don't go under. They're and still going to eat it. incredibly like, unfair. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're still not going to be they're going to be better off, but it's not going to be like an ideal situation if you just consider the math of tickets. But If you want to know about the economics of it, I'm going to try and lock down Pollard here in the next couple of weeks. Um, Marty Smith from ESPN... He yeah. has a podcast, the Marty Smith America podcast. He had Texas A&M's athletics director on late last week, and if you if you're curious about like the economics of it, you should listen to that. Like he he projected just in the College Station, like the county, um, like some I thought he said like two hundred and fifty to three hundred and fifty million dollars oh. in economic hit in seven game days, like that would be gone and. That's just that. Like, and then he he funneled through the athletic department, and that, that's why we were so sad last week. I was just, yeah, I was puckering up for friends gonna lose their jobs, and you know, like it was really a scary. And I and I was, was a bad weekend, selfishly up there. really yeah. scared about Cyclone Fanatic, and sure, it's still really hard to sell because we have no idea. Like, you know, well, that's the thing. Like, like we have now, no idea, and you. Get, and you don't know if you'll be able to cover the game <laughs> still. There's I mean, a, yeah, like a lot of the stuff we do is on-site stuff, and like you can't. So it's it's hard, and like it, it, so again, I, that's my only point is just if you can take a deep breath and try and cut everybody some slack. But I, th- I th- that's why I think it was eye-opening on uh, Sunday night, Monday into Tuesday of all these players saying, "Hey, what about us here?" Yeah, and they need that players' association. I, I or. And I'm it not, gets really I'm not necessarily even saying a union um but they need some they need a seat at the table in some capacity. Yeah, I think they they at least need some representation yeah. too. I, and but I I I'm glad for social media that gave them that outlet yeah. um to allow them to voice their issues one way or another and, and saying, "Hey, we're we're the biggest part of this process. We some of us want to play." So let's, and I think that was the biggest driver. And I think that was pretty cool that, that, that part started this momentum. And then obviously the people latched onto that, but it, it, it did start somewhat organically, I think. And, uh, the players are ultimately the ones that are most at risk here. And if, if they're wanting to play and you, like a guy, I, I respect the heck out of like Trevor, Trevor Lawrence and Justin mm-hmm. Fields, two guys that could very easily sit out. They're going to be both top five picks in the NFL. Well, both said, Hey, I love college. I love the experience. I love being with my my brothers on this team. I want to play. Like that's what that's all about. And you know these these players they aren't all going. You you can do the numbers. They're not all going to be professionals. And maybe they're tre- treated as professionals in college. But this is a big deal for a lot of them. And I think you've seen that representative in some of these letters. Albeit they can be kind of a little bit, uh, you know, obviously one sided in those letters of of wanting to play from the parents, but. I just think uh, I, I, it was really an interesting movement this week. Really quick uh, shout-out to our friends at the Franklin Barber Shop down at 2701 Beaver Avenue. So Stan's got a haircut down See, there. Stansberry went yeah, to the Franklin Barber Shop yeah. on Friday. He looked good. I, he's, I looked like you saw Chuck. Is that I, I, I think I, it was Chuck. Uh, okay. Yeah, Chuck's my guy. Yeah. Yeah. 
no, the rave reviews keep coming in for the Franklin Barbershop. That's where all the cool fanatics are going these days. Stansberry told me that uh, they were jamming out to some old Limp Biscuit music videos <laughs> when he was in there on I Friday. I did it all for the haircut. Uh, the Franklin Barbershop is at 2701 Beaver Avenue. They've got one of these. So this must be like an industry thing for uh, barbers, but it's called Gin Book. Okay. It's how they take their appointments and stuff now. And it's really slick. It's I, I need to go really back. slick. I need to go back you, well, let's do it. Do you want it to go this week? Sure. Because I got to get the old beard trimmed up. Okay. And I, I, yeah, I, I, I actually was planning on. Heading in there at some point this week. They've had multiple fanatics there, right? Well, yeah, they, they're they're having a lot. Good. Uh, that's the Franklin Barbershop. More of the Psych One Fanatic podcast, uh, the Quarantine podcast. It's presented, as always, by MechDyne. You can check them out at MechDyne.com for all of your technology needs. More right after this. Welcome back to the Quarantine podcast. Uh, recording Sunday evening on Brent's floor. <laughs> I do have couches. We could sit on the couches. No, it's, it's pretty comfortable. You did floor. offer me some. What are we? What are we sipping? Uh, on? This is uh, four roses. Four roses, single barrel. What do you think? Mm. We need to get a refill. Should I text my wife? That'd be great. Do you think she'll respond? I think. You, I think if you ask nicely. It? Or just a beer. I could do a beer too. But beer. I mean, I prefer. Would, would you prefer bourbon or? Uh, I've, I'll see if she can bring the barrel down. It's been the one-year-old birthday weekend. Yeah, I need burb. I need the burb. Okay, well, we're gonna text her. Can I do a quick? Um, I don't know. Ashley doesn't listen to this stuff. It drives me crazy about. Um, if I say what drives me crazy about women, will that will people call me a sexist? Probably. Yeah, you know what drives me like crazy that, yeah. about um, my wife sometimes? That's probably more personal, which is probably better. Okay. Um, it's still not great. Like, I just feel like you, decorative stuff becomes an issue in our house. <laughs> Why is it an issue? Is it well, like, she'll top? spend so much time and money and energy on, like, finding, like, the perfect plates for a party. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I, the, to me, it's just like, one, nobody cares. Two, why are you getting so worked up about it? I, I'm i not the one to ask here. Uh, Crystal just came down in this. But I, I do know somebody who would have an opinion on why you take the time to color coordinate for your party. No, I understand color coordinating, but, like, to the point, like, where it becomes so obsessive and, like, it, it it's way more work than it's worth. Like... Maybe I'm lacking in this department. You know, maybe I need to take more pride in it. I don't know, but it drives me up the wall. But you, you got to look good for your Instagram photos. That's another problem I have. Um, Instagram you want me to go stories off on one are more thing? a big deal. Um, like, I don't I, know if you... I have don't... you ever thought about how Facebook has changed? Like, you have all this, like, social pressure on you to, like... Like on somebody's birthday, maybe I don't want to wish him happy birthday. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do I have to write a novel about my wife on her anniversary? I mean, I'm saying most of the time I want to, but like, if you don't, do other people view you as like, oh, you're a bad husband? Or, you know what I mean? Because there's some couples that are so annoying about Over it. Over the top. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know I get it. Yeah, because you want to... 
yeah, it's that 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 fine line of you want to. Uh, yeah, there's some pressure there, Chris, because I I feel the it's same way. Social pressure that well, didn't exist back in the day. It, yeah, no. I, so my our anniversary is the second of August, and my wife's birthday is the eighth. Oh, so I was like, I don't want to overwhelm yeah. Facebook. Your whole feed I mean, for a week. I, and, and then I've, people are just going to remember Bloom as the guy who's just sucking up right. to his wife all and, the time. And by the way, she did bring the bourbon yeah. down. Thank you. So thank you, Crystal. But sure. it no, it is. Dad, that's just a new part of uh, this world. <sighs> but your the birthday party was very nice. It was a great party. My wife did a great Here. job with the decorations. And at least just... Went head first into that cake. Oh, uh, she crushed it. Um, that was like David Montgomery at the goal line. She did a great job, man. Yeah, she's no, it was a blast. I'm really glad we did it. Um, it was just a long, <laughs> long process. But no, it's the problem is, I mean, that the damn derecho, you know, if not mm. for the damn derecho, we're in good shape. What, yeah, not, not what we needed this week. <laughs> um, uh, other COVID college sports topics. I'm pretty good there. Are you? Um, what did you think though? Like you go to, you go to Ames a lot. Yeah, and, and you're watching week. all these coeds that are uh, getting hammered. Like, because uh, this has been a hot topic. Like to me, my response was, "Well, duh." Yeah. What so did here, you expect? No, I. I what was your same? Um, you can't. In a, in a perfect world, they would be socially distancing and wearing masks everywhere. But, I mean, let's think about this. There's no way that's going to happen. Now, Iowa State as a campus, when they're in class, is requiring masks at all time on campus. So, that's one avenue. But you can't control them off campus. It's great, just impossible. Great job by the folks at the steer show. Yeah, I was a little a concerned with yeah. like the rural crowd and like because when I go home, nobody wears masks. Yeah, everybody did it and they did a really good job and people were distancing and it. I was super like I wasn't on, I got the antibodies, baby. <laughs> I'm like a, <laughs> I got like a force field around me. I'm good. No, but I was I was just like oh I wonder how this will go, and no, it, it, everybody did a really good job there on campus. That's, and saw President Winterstein, nice lady. Oh, she's great. She's fantastic. She's I really I really like her at Iowa State. I think she's done a really nice job throughout this whole process. What she does a good job of, in my opinion, there's different kind of leaders in this world. She's a very good way of taking in all sides and letting those in specific areas give her the best perspective of what decisions she should make. She takes things. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's different styles of leadership. There's books about it. I would say she's more of a servant leader in that regard. Or she's not one. I would say she's had a presence like that, that they're, no, this is their university. This is what they're going to do. In fact, the last one was a lot the like The guy that. who wrecked the plane? And again, you get the, the plane thing gets brought up with, with President Leith a lot. But he was very much, this is the way we're going to go. And it was really healthy for Iowa State because look at the growth of Iowa State in his time. It was very much He a, was very hawkish. Like, we're going. Yeah, yeah hawk. That's a great yeah. term. Yeah. Great term. Um but I think this is a nice balance for Iowa yeah. State as a whole. And, and throughout this process, which is maybe the most difficult process a college administrator has had to go through, both athletics and academics, because you're weighing a lot of heavy stuff here of how do you I keep these universities afloat. And I think she's done a, 
a really fantastic job, and she's now been the president for about two and a half years. So she's 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 awesome. I'm I, a big fan. I would agree with you. I'm a big fan as well. Let's give a shout out, and then I want to talk some actual football. Okay, I want to give a shout out to tonight's Cyclone Fanatic Super Patrons, Eric and Christy Whitrock. Eric has been a Cyclone fan since literally since since he was born. Like he popped out and was cheering on the Cyclones. He met Christy. And the band. I love it. The band. I love the band. Everybody knows how much oh, I love, love the, the, band. the Iowa State University. John Larkin. He got me hooked on the band back in the day. Uh, can you get the acronym right? Iowa State University football varsity. Varsity marching band. So, John, the guy who. The band's going to be a part of game day, by the way. They have to be. Yeah. It's not college they're there, football they're if you don't have the band. Yes. They were um, practicing this week. The voice of the pride of Iowa State was. The our producer, <laughs> the first ever Williams and Bloom radio show. Yeah. John is Jordan Larkins. Yeah, Larkins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, not there's there's an S. There's an S. That Great the, guy. Yeah. Awesome. Guy. But he was our producer from ten to noon on KASI on Sundays. Can you imagine when he thought when a couple of twenty yeah. two year old losers <laughs> start waltzing in? Like, and, hey. our, and our first caller was Jamie Pollard. He called into our first show. And the second was Cyclone Jerry. Yep, yep, sir. What sure, certainly was, but I mean it. I say it all the time. I love the band. Like, there's oh, not a great. bigger fan of the marching band than me. Uh, so Christy and Eric met in the band. Let's see here. They played in the unofficial pet bands at the football win at Oklahoma in 1990. Wow. Okay, so we're throwing way wow. back. Wow, and they were also there. Um, that was when we Chris beat number Peterson two game. Oklahoma State in 1992, Barry Sanders play on that team? No, it's gone. Okay. Uh, also says here, since returning to Iowa in 2008, Eric and Christy have taken their kids to football, basketball, volleyball games every year. They've been to the Big 12 tournament, the Alamo Bowl, and they want to go to bigger bowls in the future. Eric and Christy's daughter only applied to one college. This is cool. She will be the 14th person from their two families. That's 10 straight decades. Wow. That have attended Iowa State. Love it. Um, She is starting, wow, this is so cool, 100 years since her great-grandmother was the first in 1920. That is so cool. Erica told us that he's been consuming Cyclone Fanatic content for many years. He especially enjoys listening to the podcast on his runs throughout the week. So cool. Uh, thank you, Eric and Christy. We really appreciate your guys' um, patron um, membership at Psych One Fanatic. We do have uh, Bloom and I actually, during the uh, one-year-old birthday party today, discussed a really cool perk that we are working on for patrons coming up in uh, probably early September. This is going to be really neat, and uh, we, we thank all of you guys for it. But, man, 100 years. Of, of folks at yeah. Iowa State. That's so cool. Really I, I, I was the first in my family. I broke it. Seriously? A, yeah. I mean, I, my, my family, they all were Northwest Missouri State Bearcats, okay. and then the Williams side is just real blue collar. I mean, just straight to the workforce out of high school. Sure. I mean, that's really common back there. Um, my mom and my sister were both Bearcats, and before that, um, man, I may have been the first Williams male to even go to college. To huh. be honest with you, that's cool. now, now that I'm thinking about that, because my my cousin Jared, I'm trying to think of, he went to like a vocational type school. Sure. Um, yeah, but no, like that's 
That is a but hundred I mean, years. You, if you yeah. think about that, though, Brent, like seventy five years ago, not a lot of people went to college. You know what I mean? So that is a hell of a streak there by that family. That's amazing, and that's the those are the fun stories I get to hear on a daily basis. Some of the histories that people have when I'm interacting with cyclones around the country. But man, hundred years is pretty wild, yeah. and the consistency of a family like that that's that's great. Very cool. Uh, are we, do you feel comfortable? Cause I, I kind of feel like a tide turning here. I'm finally feeling comfortable to start prepping for the season. I, I was thought the same this week. I'm like, now it's time to, you got to start looking at yeah, schedules and the situation. I mean, it, I, I got a laugh out of it, but also it's like if the pac 10 or excuse me, the pac 12 and the big 10 aren't playing, I would say it's all of a sudden top 15 team. Well, and so this is kind of crazy. Where is Purdy at in the Heisman preseason? Great question. Top 10 for sure. Oh, easy. You know, like... All the dominoes with that. I mean, you can... It's been interesting in this state because you've got half the state that's playing now, half that's not, and half the state now, I think, wants the other half not to play because they get to play. Anyway, it's a big dynamic that's going to continue on and something to watch for you uh-huh. as somebody who's co-hosting a... Uh, <sighs> right? I mean, it's like a the Cyhawk rivalry, but into a weird level because all of a sudden, Hawk Twitter, to a, some extent now, is saying, oh, I'm going to shut down college football. I mean, convenient, but... Um, no, it's weird because now you have... You start talking about the season, and I thought it was fun this week when that sk- revised schedule came out. Now you're looking at, wow, yeah, the yeah. front half is really hard now. No crap. But you get Oklahoma early, which is good. And now this running back, and I'm getting purely football, the running back for Oklahoma decides to opt out. Yeah. Decisions like that, you have to watch. Now, they the next still have Trey weeks. Sermon, right? Um, I think so. Okay. That guy's yeah. been there a while. They, I, I mean, so. they got. They, oh, they, it's don't Oklahoma. Oklahoma. They're, they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you got to start looking at. Well taken. You got to start looking at who's who's available here and who's not. And by the way, that non-conference game I always did scheduled oh, is not a layup at all. Crap. Yeah. They went from South Dakota or Ball State to the Sun Belt favorite and loaded. Yeah. On offense, I'm gonna they try can't and stop anybody. I'm gonna try and get so um, small world here. Do you remember Patrick Crawford? Crawford, absolutely. He's their SID. Yep, that's pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. So, anyways, um, Patrick is a he was former a Iowa State former Iowa State sports yep. information guy. He's a really good dude. Um, okay, so we're on the same boat now. I want to ask you this: my my hunch tells me that a program like Camp I. A program like Campbell's, I think Ferentz would thrive in this type of like I think that um I think the guy down at Kansas State's gonna do well in this type yep. of an environment. Um the the really like developmental slash culture type programs I think will thrive in a COVID season. What would scare me Well look at West Virginia would scare me with that yes, going on right now. That the programs that rely more on talent and less on culture I think would scare me right now I, I think that um, the, the old saying that I like to live by hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard will never be yeah will never year. shine brighter in college football than it will this year yeah that's my gut yeah I think purely football your culture and your leadership from your players are key I mean just look at major league baseball. I think it's a really good example because these outbreaks are going to happen if you allow them to happen. I mean, the the 
the uh, who was it? The Indians basically yeah, what had about that player deal? upheaval because a couple of their pitchers decided to go out on the town. Yeah, now they, they went, don't want him back. They went rogue and yeah. like went out in Chicago yep. and partied. And now they don't want him back on the team. The other players, because like you basically I, hosed us. I, I mean, could see Campbell like putting a thing down with that. Like if you get caught out, like I could totally see Iowa State being like you're down for the year. But the strength, couldn't of, you? Oh yeah, for sure. I and and I think a lot of programs will have similar statutes in mind starting right now. Yeah. I mean, you got to stop this thing as as quickly as you can because this is a part of it. Because you're. If you're going to be out for two weeks, 10 to 14 days, and I don't know what the exact number is going to be, having the most available players is going to be a big part of this football season for success. And by the way, I mean... Is it's the deepest team we've ever seen at Iowa State? It's a strange circumstance, and it's weird to say this, but now without the Big Ten and the Pac-12, they're still going to have the playoff. <laughs> like, I think, I think you still... You gotta yeah. think. You gotta think about it, right? I've already thought about it, Inter- my friend. Like you just yeah, logically. I opened up that moonshine that I got down at the Ozarks the other night and started. I was I was mapping mapping it out if, away. If you, I mean, we're going to Dallas. We know that, so you just gotta get through that game. If you can, if you can find a way to get in the top two of the Big Twelve, you got a legit chance. Okay, so you got Clemson, Bama, and then but us. The, uh, the, the Big Ten, <laughs> the, the SEC could beat up on each other. But the but really. I don't know what the bowl situation is going to look like, but I think Iowa State is in a position with the depth they have. Sugar and I, bowl? Think, I think the culture they have. That sugar? They, they, I don't know if cotton, the Sugar Bowl will bowl? exist. But it's sugar Bowl a, will. That's a Big 12 SEC Bowl. That's there. I don't know if bowl games will exist. I really don't. I don't think bowl games can exist. Because Unless they make all their money off the fans. I mean... They make it off TV. So I guess they, maybe they could... See, this, these are the things that they're going to have to figure out yeah, here in the near can term. They, like, let's just let's say the Sugar Bowl because we're talking about it. Yep. Let's say that Iowa State and LSU are in the Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. Not LSU. That's a bad example because it's in Louisiana. Um, Florida yep. and Iowa State, two, an SEC and a Big 12, okay? Yep. Um, let's say at this time, like Iowa's numbers are just steady. Florida's numbers are just steady and like, Louisiana is just a freaking hotbed, like it, New Orleans specifically. Can you fly to college football teams there? For no fans, absolutely. Because you can bubble them pretty easily. In the hotel. Yeah. It's been shown you can do that. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, if the money's there. The TV, uh, again, TV though, dictates it. Like, <laughs> Is that strange? Is that is that right? My, my, I, here's what I was asking more than anything. Like, does the location matter? Like, because does does New Orleans need the Sugar Bowl if they're not going to be bringing hundred thousand fans there? Good point. Or can you just be like, okay, we're going to play this in like Indianapolis, and the, you know, good point. If no. if, if the TV's, COVID numbers are if, low, but can you, <laughs> it'd be weird to have a. A sugar bowl. But I understand what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, is there more flexibility? Because really all that matters at that point, if people aren't spending money in hotels and stuff like that, is the getting the Nokia. Or Advertisement. Who, yeah, you know what I mean? Sponsors. Right. But, but a lot of those, though, have corporate sponsors beyond just the presenting sponsor. They're local. So yeah, but are they still around if you can't bring fans I in? I could, that would be my... But, so, but it, from all accounts, the, the playoff will exist. Are we going to not year? have the R&L Carriers... Um, I would say that's... Uh, whatever bowl? That's, that's a goner. Or the... Uh, the Bahamas Bowl? What was the Lawnmower Bowl? 
the <laughs> the was it the Gasparilla or the, the yeah, yeah the, I remember uh, the Gasparilla bowl. Gasparilla bowl. The um, what was the deal in um the Bahamas last year? The the, the bad boy mowers. Bad boy. That yeah, was the yeah, bad boy. Mowers. Yeah, the bad boy mowers. That's what it was. Because when we would walk, so Atlantis is all connected, right? It's all interconnected. And when you would walk from like where we were staying to to the site of the bad boy mowers battle for Atlantis, like you had to like navigate through like dozens of these bad boy mowers. You know, they're everywhere. Because they must be. They're just parked everywhere and like chained to the, yeah, it was wild. <laughs> good, good reference here. Uh, it sounds like no non-conference games in basketball. I, um, I've, I've been talking to a lot of people and I think there's a great appetite right now within a lot of these leagues for bubble type seasons. Which is wild. Yeah. But now don't think like what you're seeing with the NBA right now. I, I was told by a couple of people in that world, they don't think with college they could do more than like three weeks. Okay. So it would be like just an example. You put the Big 12 teams in Kansas City and they have hotels at Power and Light for three weeks and they don't, they're literally in a bubble. They're going to class online and yep. they're playing games like every other day. To have some sort of a season. Um, and you could do that with the prospective conferences all over the country. Yep. And then somehow you set a qualification for the NCAA you tournament. You have to play X number of games. Um, Which they need to have that tournament. They have to. Yeah. And I and again, I think yes. I said this last week, they want to have it in March. They feel like they have to have it in March. Yep. Who knows if, I mean, that could change. I think that if gun to their head, they could probably move it back if they have to. But I, I just like. That's coming up, though. Do you, th- I mean, let's, yeah, like, can you really imagine January 1 being like, okay, well, we're going to back it up and we're going to have our. Do you think about college basketball, guys? It is a marathon. We're yeah. not going to be able to get all those games in. No, no chance. So let's just be realistic fun. about it and start. Maybe you could do like. I'd love to see him go like you could do one non two non conference games, but they have to be like regional. Yeah, like so Iowa State would play Iowa and Drake, or you know whatever. Sure. I don't I don't care, but you could do that pretty easily and just I would think bust. So. Like Kansas would have to play Wichita, you know, or UMKC, whatever. I don't know, but the, it the thought uh, I've been told by a couple, uh, two or three different people actually. They think that would work, but it can't be for too long with college kids because yeah, of a lot of different really reasons. Squirrely. And it and it gets yep. hard. Like yep. again, you want to have. Like I'm telling you guys, like you, everybody talk culture is such a buzzword and everything. It's really freaking hard, especially in basketball when you're relying on 18 year olds. Football, <laughs> yeah. not as much. True. You know, football is more of a. When you walk into Ames, Iowa, it's Brock Purdy's team, or it's you know. The Somebody's Bailey twins are going to sit there and tell you how it, how it happens. Yep, Greg Eisworth. In basketball, there's so many times where the best player is a freshman. Yep. You know, and it that's why, like, chemistry in basketball is really hard on point. these coaches. And there's just a lot of concern about the – and it, it, also in basketball, I mean, not as many of them are there for college. You know, so, like, the, the realisticness of, like, trapping these guys on an island. Yeah. And for three weeks, like keeping them focused, and like it, it's way more difficult than it is with what we're seeing with the NBA. Oh, for sure. I, I don't. 
And there's some ethical questions too. Yes. With that, of can you really have months at a time? I thought. I think three weeks is okay. I was told that's the max. I would agree with that. I mean, generally, especially, again, like we talked about previously, a lot of these classes for these student-athletes are going to be online for obvious reasons. Um, But to bubble them in another city outside of campus just gets really hard to understand, for, especially if it's for a long period of time. But I, I would make the point. You're right. I would make the point, though, most of those guys didn't come to campus for fair enough sociology class. Yeah. So, like, let's not kid ourselves. It just really blur. It starts to blur the line of the no doubt. But I, you know what else is blurring the line to me? And I was thinking about this today. This is super controversial. You ready for this? We're in my basement. So these these athletic departments are self. Um, they pay for themselves now, mostly right? for the most part. Isn't it kind of, isn't it kind of bullshit that, like, the universities use them as like their number one form of advertising, like to get students? I mean, it's obvious. Like we we see it all the time in sports. The better you are in sports, the more enrollment you have. Generally, um, yep. You know, so like, why do why can't we just be like, yeah, uh, this is really important for our college of business for our right? It's true. Why can't we acknowledge it? Yeah. That's an interesting point. I never thought of it that way. I'm not saying that the university should be giving money like to the market. It, it really but is. I, a, but I'm saying, I'm saying like, why can't we have a conversation about why it's important for Iowa state to play football in that sense? Like it's great advertising for the university. I, I, it is honestly, there's a lot of factors of why a successful athletics program impacts everything across campus in a good way. Now you can say, too much emphasis is placed on athletics in a higher education education system, and that ruin or that dilutes the purpose of what it should be about anyway. But I will tell you from firsthand experience, in my job as um, in fundraising, people are generally, generally not everybody, they're more receptive uh, to me or you know my visit if. They've seen Iowa State on TV. Oh, I you know looks yeah. like Matt Campbell's in a really good job this year, even out of state. Yeah. Uh, or I get it. And then enrollment for sure. I mean, look at Alabama's numbers since since Saban's been there enrollment wise. Yeah, really that's what I'm up. saying. Yeah. Like we've seen all these like it, these- there is, and if you ignore that, I mean, you're dead on, Chris. I mean, you you can ignore it from a, a academic standpoint of well, we still have our laurels there that we need to to pay heed to, and and athletics aren't a part of that. But absolutely, on, on just the, the raw numbers, sure, it matters. So my point is like, okay, are you really going to bitch if we take these guys to Kansas City for three weeks and let them play, what, do the, what they came here to do? It, it, I, I always stayed at the uh, athletics are the front porch of the university. They are the, it really is the marketing. You're right. No, I don't think you can. Now, it gets into that weird still <laughs> yeah. thing of if you're really going to... Are you going to have a women's bubble? Well, Are you going to have, yeah, you yeah, know... Right. And then you get to, uh, like, what about the soccer team? Or, like, that? not necessarily that, but, like, we're going to have spring volleyball. Like, and then you... That's where it gets hairy. It, it, it Very hairy. Of course it's you like want to do it for the revenue-producing ones. Correct. And everyone understands Wrestling. why you're doing that. And TV is going to be the number one factor here. Because what TV wants and what the NBA has proven and the MLS and... NHL has done a great job too. By if the you, way, baseball's ratings are through the roof. I don't know if you've been very, watching. They're doing great. 
But if you can bubble these teams off, you really can keep COVID oh, out. Yeah. yeah, different conversation. Yeah, but yeah. But, that's a, but and then so TV wants that too because TV wants the consistent programming. Especially if we get these it. rapid tests that we've been reading big, about. A big that'll be a big weekend. change too, which may actually the rapid tests could help be more on campus. Because the, here's the here's here's my uh, reasoning behind the rapid test. I've read a little bit of, a bit about it. It's not necessarily just the the reliability, but if you can do it often, that's the price. So right now, a COVID test is like a couple hundred dollars each time you do it, <laughs> and they don't have the. Never mind. Yeah, just just let me finish. Yeah. They don't have the processing in place. To, I hate big to, pharma. Did you know that? <laughs> I hate them. I'm, I'm not saying that for reason. I know, but I, I'm telling you, just my opinion. I hate them. They don't They're have crooks. the uh, the ability to process all these things in large numbers because they don't have the processing agents or, or they have. It's an the agent. labs and stuff. Right. You gotta have that stuff. The, but the saliva test, it costs four dollars to do. Wow. Or four to like four to ten dollars somewhere in there. And even though it's only about 90% reliable, which, you know, really isn't isn't great, but if I can take multiple, well, that exponentially increases my reliability. So if I take three for $30, that's a way better percentage reliability than if I take one for $300. And you can do them over and over and over again, and they can be turned around a lot quicker. And the labs in place now, on you know, across all these medical facilities have this ability to do it right now. They just need uh, the tests in place so they could turn these quick and they'll be doing these Chris by the end of the month. Giddy up. So baby. I think that, that that's a big factor here. Brent Bloom, COVID killer here on the uh, quarantine pod. All right. We're at an hour. You good, man. What a week. I just no more hurricanes in Iowa, please. Did have a guy Let's get an earthquake? Uh, come just up get an earthquake? To, guy get an came, earthquake? Don't tempt Mother Nature. Had a guy come up to me at the uh, the steer show yesterday, and he was like, he was being nice, <laughs> but he was like, man, like, uh, really appreciate all you guys working during the derecho and everything. But like, because uh, I needed a you and Bloom to do a podcast earlier, like it's too long. <laughs> like I needed some reaction. It's so I played in a like, dude. We don't even like like I always said. I barely have time to wipe my butt during the day, like with these. Yeah, this was a this was uh, kind of a road this... trip or like a vacation for you to come over to my house. <laughs> I got the same reaction to uh, I played in a member guest tournament, at Echo Valley. Nice job by the crew there at Echo Valley. Did you see Eric Heft? Heck, he was he played in it. I was not on his team. He's got a big big stick, doesn't he? Heft lives on the course. Yeah, he's he's, he's a hell he's of a, a great player, hell of a golf, great athlete. Yeah. Um, but are we going to try and get him this week? By I, the way, we should for the try. summer series. He's available for the most part. He's although right. he's uh, Eric Heft. I don't know if, if he minds me sharing this, but he's pretty much retired now for the most part. Still does obviously some of the radio stuff, but he's also grandpa. Yeah. So he watches his kids during the week. Yeah. or his grandkids. Good for which him. Is pretty cool, but. Anyway, multiple Cyclone Fanatics at this golf outing, which was cool to, That's awesome. to run into as well. Well, we appreciate all your support, guys. We really do. I hope you like the new website. I'm I'm really, I'm kind of getting to know it a little bit more every single day, but we appreciate all of our, um, all of our listeners. If you like what you're hearing, it always helps us when you rate and review us. Don't be a jerk. Be, leave us a nice review. 26 days to the Raging Cajuns. Bring it on. I thought about trying in the next week to get the, because I know Patrick, right? Yeah. To get like the voice of the Raging Cajuns. Get the to head come coach. 
Oh yeah, I should just do that. He but said, I figured the Billy, Billy Napier Napier. I figured Napier? that the uh, heck, the radio guy would be more entertaining. You, if you're coaches, he's not going to come on and tell us anything. If you're the, uh, you know, we're taking it one day at a time. Yeah, that's true. Uh, if you're the voice of the Raging Cajuns, you have to. Yeah, I mean, I figure like, let's go, let's start talking some football. Never played the Raging Cajuns. I told before. Stansberry last week, and like, and Jared's Jared's done a great job the last couple weeks of um, all this. It's been a yeah monitoring yeah, the situation. It's been a, quite the deal, and I was like, at what point can we just start writing and talking about football? Like I was like, I, but I I think after this week and next week, so we well, got to start. I think I'm guessing we're gonna get an email in the next couple of days with like availability and get start getting fall camp updates. Would be my guess because it'll all be like on Zoom. Like we're not gonna get to see or talk to anybody quickly. I would say it's still practicing, right? Yes. Like still in some sort of fall camp as whatever capacity. Yeah, but be. I'm guessing tomorrow is when things get real. Start ramping up. I, and, man, they're keeping it under lock and key, and I understand why. One other thing that people have asked me about, and I don't know the answer, but I can assume here, I'm guessing that game will be on TV somewhere. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The, the Louisiana game. I'm guessing Fox... Uh, of some sort, because if they don't you, have inventory right now. They, I mean, they're huge Big Ten, Pac-12. Yeah. So, I, I'm guessing a lot of Iowa State games will be on the Big Fox or FS1 this year because they've got to have. And I would also get maybe they'll start putting some NFL on Saturday, Saturday. nights a little yep. bit or like for sure. ESPN's going to be fine. Um, Fox would be the one that I would look at because they're a Big 12 partner. That they would, they might even pay more. Like I don't know how that works with ESPN. Yeah, uh, I think it's aren't they a fifty-fifty type? I don't even know the mechanics of it. Yeah, but for and also the Cyclone Radio Network is still planning to broadcast the games in person for now. Did you get that last week? Uh, I, I've heard it. Yeah, last okay. week. I yeah. mean, I, what does that what does that really mean? To be determined. I mean, I saw in Jamie's, and this is a selfish thing I was looking at, face coverings required in the press box, too. It would be difficult to call a game with a face covering on. So, but I actually thought, yeah. You just get, I mean, point I is, about that. Like, there, there are preparations being made for the Cycle Radio Network, of which both of us are a part of, to be on site on the road, too. Now, yeah. that could change. It's yeah. all the Big 12's call. So, I actually thought of this, and... I almost thought, like, we're not going to be, like, media is not going to be anywhere near players. Correct. Or Coach Campbell. Or they probably should like, be. Like, no, absolutely, I don't, absolutely not. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't think we should be. Like, I'm almost at the point where it's just like, why, why am I even going to games? Like, if I can do all my media stuff from my office, you know what I mean? I'm going to because... You get a little different feel. At least a couple times, but, like... I, I understand. I almost might have a better angle to cover the game from TV because, like, I'm not getting anything by being there. I can be on the post-game press conference from my computer in my office. You know what I mean? Which is going to be a lot. But I don't even know if TV is going to be there with their broadcasters. I don't. I doubt they are. They probably won't be. In fact, I would heavily doubt they will. I'm guessing that they'll just send the tech crew. Right. It's, 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 it's I, there's something to fall. I mean, again, it's more on our on our end of. Yeah, but I think like, a lot of our diehards are interested in this stuff. Like, it's, if you look at um, 
most of the regional broadcasts of baseball, hockey, basketball, some it, most of the road teams at least have been they're calling the games really from like a studio back in their home. Um, very few are actually at the ballpark. I think the NBA has a couple of big national crews that are there. Um, I don't know what the NHL has, but so point being, it would be it would be very surprising if there are broadcast crews in Ames with the talent. They'll probably be calling the game from Bristol or Charlotte or Los Angeles. Which, in my opinion, like the fewest amount of people around, the better probably. And I think that's the point. Right. So yeah. we'll see. If I, I'm ESPN, like you've proven you can do it. We'll try and keep people updated just yeah. as far as, because I think people really want to know some of the nuts and bolts of how this is all coming together. Um, I heard this week also, Chris, that, you know, and I get it. Normally, us on the radio network fly with the team. Yeah. But they they don't want any part of anybody not with their program to fly with them this I, year. Yeah, I don't play them. So if we do go, we would drive separate. So... I was looking at the mileage. Have to fun driving to Austin. TCU in Austin. TCU is not bad. No, it's not horrible. I've driven to Dallas a couple times. But I just kind of like this is the world we live in, though. It's like yeah, yeah. that game is a month away, a little over a month away, and got to start thinking about what this all looks like. So, uh, real quick, um, shout out to Monte Morris and yeah. George Niang. They're facing off. Uh, they start the playoffs tomorrow. Yeah, Monday. Matt. Matt's been good. Matt's been on. Man, how much fun is watching uh, these boys? Love it. I don't know. Yeah, Should I, play tomorrow? Do I wear? I've been wearing my boys' jerseys a lot, like into the station and stuff. Do I uh, rock the Niang or Monte jersey? I think you tomorrow? pick it by the game. All right. Yeah, I think Monte's. I think Monte's going to play a little more. All right, but Niang's my guy. George is going to play though. Yeah. No, I, I love do. it. I mean that that has been great. a the amount of sports on has been nice. Let's yeah. put it that way. Well, it's going to get better. They they literally tip off at 12.30 in the afternoon All tomorrow, day tomorrow, which is really cool. Yep. All right, Brent. Thanks for your time, man. Yeah, thanks Appreciate for coming it. over. Thanks to our, our friends at Mechdyne for sponsoring the uh, quarantine podcast, as always. We will be back next Sunday for sure, but we do have a Souk Up Summer Series coming up shortly. We are trying, we're going to try and lock down the, the great Eric Heft and put him on with us to talk about all the craziness in this world. I don't want to commit to a date. we got to figure that out, but we'll do that soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you all. Have a good night.